welcome to a brand new episode of the Jam Pack Report today for March the 16th of 2020. Of course, my name is Samuel Adams, and this is a daily gaming news podcast meant to bring you the hottest news you need to know from around the industry. Hosted on YouTube and podcast services around the world five days a week, this is your one-stop shop for all of the hottest gaming news that you need to know. And let me tell you, today we had some very big news about the Xbox Series X. We're talking specs, we're talking features, and the reveal of the controller. It looks really good, and we'll talk more about that on today's show. On top of that, of course, Gamescom is coming up, and it looks like it is set to continue, at least at this time, even in regards to the coronavirus pandemic that is sweeping the world. And finally, this Friday, we've got a bit of a surprise for you. Resident Evil 3 will be in your hands, or at least a small chunk of it will be. But that is our lineup for today's show, and I do hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, let's go ahead and dive into today's top gaming news. First off, Microsoft unveils full Xbox Series X specs with one terabyte expansion cards. Microsoft is revealing the full specs for its Xbox Series X console today, and it includes support for removable storage and much faster load times for games. The software giant will be using a custom AMD Zen 2 CPU with eight cores clocked at 3.8 gigahertz each and a custom AMD RDNA 2 GPU with 12 teraflops and 52 compute units locked at 1.825 gigahertz each. This is all based on a 7NM process and includes 16 gigabytes of GDDR6 RAM with a one terabyte custom custom NVMe SSD storage drive. Did you get all that? I hope you did. Microsoft is using two main boards on this Xbox Series X compact design and the entire unit is cooled through air being pulled in from the bottom and pushed out the top via a 130 millimeter fan. Developers will be using the overall 16 gigs of memory in two ways. There is 10 gigabytes for fast GPU optimal memory, 3.5 gigabytes for standard memory, and 2.5 gigabytes reserved by the OS. All of this power will include the ability to expand storage through one terabyte expansion cards at the rear of the console with USB 3.2 external HDD support and a 4K Blu-ray drive. Microsoft is targeting overall performance at 4K 60 frames per second up to 120 frames per second. One of the most obvious improvements that Microsoft is demonstrating with the Xbox Series X today is load times. In one tech demo, as seen above, State of Decay 2 loads a full 40 seconds quicker on the Series X as compared to the Xbox One X. That is a massive improvement over current consoles. Microsoft is using a solid-state drive on the Xbox Series X, and the focus is on speed and load times for next-gen games. The Xbox Maker is using something called, quote, Xbox Velocity Architecture that is designed to improve the integration between hardware and software for streaming of in-game assets. The result will be seen in large open-world games where developers can use this system to create high-fidelity environments that load dynamically using the processing power and SSD of the Xbox Series X. This new SSD support will also allow Xbox Series X owners to resume multiple games instantly and even resume titles after the Series X is rebooted for a system update. Game states will be saved directly to the system's SSD so you can resume days or even weeks later. Microsoft is demonstrating this quick resume feature using what looks like the existing dashboard for the Xbox One. Microsoft is also demonstrating some ray tracing aspects of the Xbox Series X today. Ray tracing will enable more realistic lighting changes to games with improved shadows and cinematic effects. We have not seen enough ray traced games on the PC side just yet, but Microsoft is showing off how the Xbox Series X can handle ray tracing in titles like Minecraft. Microsoft is also optimizing Gears 5 with higher resolution textures, fog, and particles counts, all running in 60 FPS and 4K. 
The next gen Xbox will also support 8K gaming and frame rates of up to 120 FPS in games. Microsoft has partnered with the HDMI forum and TV manufacturers to enable auto low latency mode and variable refresh rate on the Xbox Series X as part of its HDMI 2.1 support. Quote, the team has also been working with the industry's leading TV manufacturers for the past two years to ensure the display ecosystem is ready for the features coming with Xbox Series X, explains Microsoft's Will Tuttle. All of this should reduce latency from when you push a button on an Xbox controller to when you see that movement show up on screen. Speaking of the controller, it's now USB-C, uses AA batteries, and supports Bluetooth low energy. There is also a new share button for sending clips and screenshots to friends, and existing controllers will work just fine on the new Xbox Series X. Microsoft has also confirmed the physical dimensions of the Xbox Series X, and if used vertically, it measures 301mm tall and 151mm in depth and width. Today's spec unveiling comes ahead of Microsoft's plans to fully detail the console to developers later this week. Microsoft is also planning to unveil more details about the games we'll see for the Xbox Series X in June. And so that is just one chunk of the story. Now we'll talk more about future uh, games and of course future features in more depth in just a moment, but that is the Xbox Series X. That's pretty much what you can expect. And so just to show you guys the difference between the load times, it is quite striking. And I think that is what the next generation is going to be defined by. It is the fact that game worlds can load instantaneously through advanced processing. On top of that, better hardware is going to lead to lower latency because quite frankly, right now we've reached a point in the gaming space where it's difficult to get much better than it already is, it truly is already very, very impressive. Now, of course, one thing that a lot of people will point out, and rightfully so, is that ultimately all we've seen so far are current generation games. I want to see some new stuff running on the Xbox Series X. Now, of course, a lot of the stuff is being up a lot of the stuff is being bumped up to a next level graphic capability in a way such as what they are doing with Gears 5. But ultimately, I want to see what I'm going to be playing in five years time. Although that's impossible, that's what I want to see whenever we're talking about the investment of an Xbox Series X. Now, while we're talking about the future of the Xbox Series X, I do want to say Microsoft has detailed the low latency Xbox Series X controller. Now, of course, right here beside me, I've got my Xbox One controller. This is one of the newer models with the green analog sticks and, of course, a bit of a green tint to it all around with some gray in there as well. But this is the brand new controller. The Microsoft, of course, Xbox Series X controller also means Excuse me, a new Xbox console also means a new controller. I was trying to do a nice little a nice little meander into the next article, but no. No, we can't have nice things. In a Q&A, Microsoft's Ryan Whitaker and senior design with the company a senior designer with the company on Xbox's team detailed some of the enhancements you can expect to see on the Xbox Series X's controller when it becomes available later this year. To start, even if you don't buy an Xbox Series X at launch, you will be able to use the controller with your current Xbox One console. Moreover, it will work with existing Xbox One accessories like Microsoft's first-party chat pad, and thanks to the addition of Bluetooth low energy support, it will also be easier to pair the controller with PC, Android, and iOS devices. For charging, it features a USB port. According to Whitaker, a set of system-wide improvements the company calls dynamic latency input will lead to less latency while gaming. The technology works by sending information more frequently from the controller and then matching it with the frames you see as you play a game. Whitaker claims DLI can reduce gameplay latency by a couple of milliseconds at every step of gameplay, making in-game actions feel more instantaneous. 
Taking a page from the PlayStation 4, the new controller features a dedicated share button. Tapping the button will allow you to quickly and easily upload screenshots and videos of a game you're playing, and the accessory also borrows a couple of design ideas from Microsoft's Elite Controller. Notably, it features a hybrid D-pad that combines the strengths of the Elite Controller's standard and fasted D-pads. Microsoft also added more tactile texture to the controller's triggers and bumpers, and there is a similar yet more subtle pattern on the grips as well. Lastly, the D-pad bumpers and triggers now feature a matte finish to make them feel more consistent. Elsewhere, the company improved the ergonomics of the controller by rounding the bumpers, triggers, and adjusting the shape of the grips. And by accommodating hands similar to those of the average 8-year-old, we found we can improve accessibility and comfort for hundreds of millions of more people without negatively affecting the experience of those with larger hands, said Whitaker. Like the Xbox Series X controller, the new controller will launch sometime this holiday season, provided the ongoing coronavirus pandemic does not throw the company's plans into disarray. As with the console, it is not clear how much the accessory will cost, though we do have some idea of how it will compare to Sony's upcoming PlayStation 5 controller. So, again, this controller for the Xbox One X is designed for those with larger hands. Now, of course, if I put my hand next to my head, I have a very large head. Therefore, I have a pretty large hand. Uh, so the Xbox controller works well with meat. Now, for those with smaller hands, it just doesn't work as well. Uh, so apparently, by designing the controller around the hands of an eight-year-old, you get something that's a bit smoother, easier to hold, and I think ultimately something that's more similar in a way to the PlayStation 4 controller, which is, uh, quite frankly, smaller and for a lot of people more comfortable. Personally, I love both controllers relatively equally, but it's cool to see that the Xbox Series X controller is going to definitely up the ante here. Uh, now, I also want to talk about the fact that the Xbox Series X controller, I believe that it is completely and totally rechargeable. Uh, now, that is something that's going to be a big step forward. Now, I want to be clear here. Let's see. Double A? Is double A anywhere in the building? I am looking. I'm searching for double A. Here, I see triple A. Because that was something that was very unclear. Now, this original article here said AA batteries. Uh, and I'm going to continue under the impression that that is the case. Because it says it's now USB-C uses AA batteries. Now, of course, this controller is USB uh, mini USB. So if this is still running on AA batteries, that is literally a horrible design. And I'm going to assume that's the case here because I see nothing in regards to uh, the charge. Let's see. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. First, we're supporting cross-play compatibility with Xbox Series X and Xbox One consoles. Sweet. Neat. The new Xbox controller also remembers multiple devices, and a USB-C port allows gamers to play and charge with a modern cable that's more readily available. I think, and, and don't quote me on this, I think this is rechargeable. Is the Xbox Series Series X controller rechargeable? I got to know here. I got to know. See, that's that's an old article. It's it's very up in the air here. I'm not seeing anything that's definitive yes or no. Now, the article here as posted on the Xbox Wire says play and charge. So if this is a rechargeable controller, then we have a winner here. Okay, I want to make that very clear. The fact of the matter is, if this is not, in fact, something that is going to be using a rechargeable battery in 2020, I'm going to be 
deeply disappointed because one of the most crippling uh, negatives of the Xbox One X is the fact that I have to use this. I have to use a rechargeable AA battery pack that I had to purchase separately on Amazon and a dock just to be able to charge without going through a pack of AA batteries a week. It's ridiculous to even consider that in a year 2020, we will be talking about AA batteries for a video game controller. The PlayStation 3 didn't use batteries. The PlayStation 4 didn't use batteries. Why should the Xbox One or the Xbox Series X? I digress. That's where we're going to leave it at that. Now, as far as the design of the controller goes, big fan of it, huge fan, loving the sleek design. I think that it's going to look very much so better as compared to this Xbox One controller right here. Now, that being said, of course, these are backwards compatible. That's going to be backwards compatible. You can use Xbox One X accessories on the Xbox Series X. It is a good deal. But at the same time, man, that new controller looks nice. There is nothing like an up and close and personal picture of a brand new piece of hardware. But to round out today's Xbox Series X coverage, Xbox Series X adds HDR to backwards compatible games. Microsoft has now revealed just how far Xbox Series X will push backwards compatibility for games. Backwards compatibility has always been one of Microsoft's early commitments for the Xbox Series X. The console will play existing Xbox One games as well as Xbox 360 and original Xbox titles brought forward to Xbox One. Microsoft confirmed to Digital Foundry that Xbox Series X supports compatibility at the hardware level, a big step up from software emulation currently being used on Xbox One. This allows older games to utilize Xbox Series X's full potential, making use of 100% of its powerful CPU and GPU. By comparison, Xbox One X's performance was throttled to just 50% of its actual power when running Xbox 360 and original Xbox games. This achieves a similar effect to what you get on PC when you play an older game on modern hardware. All of this power is also available to Xbox One games at the system level without the need for any additional work on the part of the original developer. Digital Foundry witnessed Gears of War Ultimate Edition going from 1080p to native 4K, a two-times upgrade on Xbox Series X. Games with unlocked frame rates? Modes stand to benefit the most from this since there is enough headroom for them to reach a stable 60fps. Things that we are looking at include improving resolution for games, improving frame rates, maybe doubling them, said Peggy Lowe, compatibility program leader. Perhaps the most surprising reveal in Digital Foundry's report is how Microsoft uses machine learning to enable non-HDR backwards compatible games to run in HDR on Xbox Series X. The algorithm is based on Gears 5's own HDR tech and it's capable of mapping different parts of the SDR image to HDR. Unlike existing methods of faking HDR, Microsoft's tech actually boosts the peak brightness of all elements of the image, reaching up to 1,000 nits at the most bright. The company showed Halo 5 Guardians and the 20-year-old Fusion Frenzy both running in HDR on the Xbox Series X, despite never having native HDR modes. The feature is available to all backwards compatible games at a system level. Quote, it can be applied to all games theoretically. Technically, I guess we're still working through user experiences and things like that, but this is a technical demo, said Claude Marais. Catch up on everything we know about the Xbox Series X via VG247 or various outlets across the internet. This is phenomenal because one of the coolest things about my Xbox One X is the fact that I can play older Xbox games and Xbox 360 games, and in many cases, they run way better than they ever did on their native hardware, and in some cases, better than they would on a high-end PC, or at the very least, on par with it. Uh, for instance, over the weekend, I bought SSX3. It was on sale for $3.24. It's an Xbox icon from the original back in the good old nostalgic days, and so I dove in started playing 
upscaled resolution, higher frame rate, smooth as butter, love the game. And it feels like it's something that could have come out last year. Doesn't look quite like that, but it feels fantastic on the newest hardware. And so to be able to make that experience happen for multiple other games and really an entire library of games is something that is amazing. So between the upgraded system hardware and the new controller and the incredible ability to make older games look better and really modernize them in a way, I'm pumped about Xbox Series X and I cannot wait to see what PlayStation brings to the table as the competition does begin to heat up. However, when could we see more about this? Maybe a Gamescom, because it looks like it's one of the only game conventions still going on as planned. Rest, GDC, and E3 may be canned, but Gamescom 2020, due to take place later this summer, is still in the cards. Addressing speculation, it too might be called off. Gamescom has now released a statement saying that, for the moment at least, the annual Cologne-based show will still go on. We are currently receiving inquiries about how a possible threat from the coronavirus could affect Gamescom, the event stated via Twitter. We take this topic very seriously because the health of all trade fair visitors and partners is our top priority. Cologne authorities last week banned gatherings of more than 1,000 people until the 10th of April. 337,000 people attended Gamescom in August of last year. For those that aren't good at math, that's a bit over a thousand people. The show, which has a large area open to the public, is notorious for its tightly packed walkways and heaving halls. And outside of the Colne Mess Convention Center itself, its participants flood the city and its public squares. Every year I've gone, this has been a typical scene trying to get in. That, my friends, is disgusting. Gamescom 2020 is not due to take place until the end of August, but it seems likely Cologne's ban on large events will be extended for at least a while longer. We will, of course, follow the recommendations of the responsible authorities regarding major events Gamescom concluded, evaluate them on a daily basis, and make our decisions after careful consideration. The preparations for Gamescom 2020 are continuing as planned according to the current status of the determined date. With E3 off, Gamescom is the biggest potential platform for publishers to show off new games and for Microsoft and Sony to flaunt new hardware I call bullshit on that one. And we'll go ahead and meander on into that. Now, Eurogamer is saying Gamescom is the most likely place for these people to show off hardware, assuming that they're going to use a physical location to show off hardware. I think that's completely out of the books. I don't think that's a possibility at this stage of the game. I think right now, shut away in Microsoft's lab and in Sony's lab, actually more appropriately, they're both working from home with a laptop on top of a dryer. Uh, these people are editing videos right now, showcasing the new hardware, showcasing the new controllers, editing new pictures. They're going to be showing off hardware very, very quickly. And of course, today we got the big reveal of the Xbox Series X internals, the specs. We basically know all we need to know about the Xbox Series X right now, aside from an entire launch lineup and a price point. PlayStation, on the other hand, a bit more mysterious. They still have a lot to show off, and I think that within the next few weeks, uh, you are inevitably going to see some kind of big state of play, or perhaps they'll do what Xbox just did and dump a ton of information on a random Monday. I could totally see that being the case. But Gamescom 2020 continues on, but in the meantime, you can play Resident Evil 3 this weekend. Of course, a demo is coming on March the 19th. As one of the most anticipated titles coming in spring 2020, Resident Evil 3 is arriving at a very interesting time in the wake of a worldwide pandemic. That being said, there is still a lot to look forward to in the upcoming remake of the beloved classic, and you won't have to wait too much longer to get your hands on it by yourself. Capcom has announced that a demo for Resident Evil 3 will be arriving on Thursday, March the 19th, for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, giving fans a taste of the terror that is in store for them against Nemesis. According to Capcom, the demo itself will let you play as a segment 
segment, or play a segment of the game as Jill Valentine, trying to make her escape from Raccoon City as it rapidly descends into chaos, perhaps a little close to reality at this point. In addition to the demo of RE3, Capcom also revealed that an open beta for Resident Evil Resistance will begin on consoles and PC starting Friday, March 27th. The beta will allow users to the chance to check out the asymmetrical multiplayer experience of RE Resistance as a group of four players tries to escape the clutches of an experiment gone wrong. Given the huge success of RE2 last year, it definitely seems like there is a lot to look forward to from the upcoming remake of RE3, and especially for what Capcom seems to have planned for its multiplayer component, Resident Evil Resistance. Personally, having never played the original RE3 myself, it certainly seems as good a time as any to finally jump in and experience one of the most terrifying chapters of the RE series yet. Resident Evil 3 will release for PS4, Xbox One, and PC on April 3rd, 2020, and of course you can pre-order the game now. So, very pumped about this because, of course, I'm a big fan of Resident Evil 2's remake, and of course Resident Evil 3 takes the exact foundation last year's RE2 laid down and pretty much builds Resident Evil 3. It's got more vibrant colors, of course Nemesis is much more terrifying than Mr. X, and in general there's also this Resident Evil Resistance component uh, that is included with Resident Evil 3 Remake. So you are getting basically two games in one, and it's all considered a pretty good deal. Uh, so if you do want to dive in, Resident Evil 3, again the demo begins March the 19th, the beta for Resistance begins March the 27th. Personally, I'll be diving into both of them on the Xbox this weekend, or at least one this weekend, then the other one, you know, a couple weeks down the line. But I love the way this game is looking. Cannot wait to dive in whenever the game launches in full. But man, Capcom, good job. I'm doing the uh, I'm doing the the uh, poetry snap. Killing it this this time around. It's blowing my mind how big Capcom is becoming and how much of a comeback they've had over the course of the past few years. I mean, truly, Resident Evil 2 was phenomenal. One of the best games I played last year, and I'll totally be diving into RE3. But with that being said, that rounds out today's episode of the Jam Pack Report. If you enjoyed this one, drop me a like down below and let me know what you think about the Xbox Series X so far. Are you going to be diving in on day one? What do you think about those one terabyte expansion cards? And on top of that, we need to talk about the controller and so, so much more. I would love to hear your thoughts. But until tomorrow, you guys have a phenomenal rest of your day. I'll talk to you soon and peace.